When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Would you just look at that? The Pittsburgh Steelers are relevant and in the hunt yet again. Welcome back to State of the Steelers. Welcome back to the uh, Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. I'm your host, Daniel J. And sorry I missed you guys last week. I was uh, laid up in the hospital for a couple of days there. I ended up having to do, uh, end up doing my best Minka Fitzpatrick impersonation by requiring a appendectomy that um, held me from making my uh, podcast that was supposed to air last Saturday. So I apologize for that, guys. Uh, I am feeling a lot better. Uh, I am following in Minka's footsteps of missing one game, one week, and then back to business as usual. And I'll tell you what, it's a, you know, going through that situation and having that procedure happen to me and you know, knowing where I'm at now, just, you know, today's been seven days uh, since my surgery. Uh, I tell you what, I would not, I, I've not even thought about running, much less participate fully in practice or prepare myself to play a game tomorrow like Minka Fitzpatrick did eight days after after his appendectomy. You know, so I have a newfound respect for that man. It is, um, you know, this um, surgery wasn't one that I, I would say was difficult, but it was painful. And, you know, the first few days, you know, coughing, laughing, eating, things like that are, are not are not fun. So um, but that is what it is. I am back. It's back to business as usual. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are are, are somewhat relevant again, you know. You know, and the title of today's show is you're saying there's a chance, you know, and and I'm not going to go into the playoffs and stuff like that, although that's kind of where I'm hoping the Steelers are going. You know, I don't want to get myself too excited until the end of this week, until the end of the Steelers versus Ravens game. And that ends with a W for the Pittsburgh Steelers at that point at six and seven. I might start, start, you know, 
jumping up and down a little bit more and being a little bit more uh, um, hopeful for a potential playoff push. But before we go there and before we do that, I wanted to see growth and 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 see where this team could lead without the outcome being necessarily uh, the focal point. Now I wanted to see this the growth, especially on this young offense, and I, and I think we're we're seeing that, guys. I, I truly do, and it, it's little steps at a time, but there are there are steps. You know, I know there's a lot of complaints out there about you know the offense, and when we'll talk about the state of the offense now, where um, there's there's field goals, there's only field goals. You know, they're not converting those into touchdowns true and that and that conversion does need to increase but it wasn't too long ago where everybody was like man all we got is three and outs wouldn't we just wish for a drive a drive that would keep the defense off the field for a little bit and so in my opinion this offense has progressed from three and outs and not being you know not looking like a functioning football team to being able to drive down the field and put points on the board. So be it, there are three points, but there's still points on the board. Now, for me, as I've been looking at this season as it progressed, I wanted to see the improvement and the growth in steps that the Steelers are taking, and those are steps that I'm seeing and that I find uh, promising. And now it's time for the next step which would be to convert a couple of those (laughs) field goes into touchdowns. But is this game against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, do you think that's the game that you can measure if this team is accomplishing that? I'm not sure you can. This This is usually a game that historically the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens has been a game that, Usually the winner wins by less than a uh, one score. You know, three points is the difference between many of these games between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm not sure it would be fair to judge the offense in this game if they don't put up a tremendous amount of points or if they don't convert those field goals into into touchdowns because, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers have displayed more experienced, more veteran, more uh, maybe athletically gifted teams going up against uh, the Baltimore Ravens and still only win or lose by three. And to the same token, uh, the Steelers have gone up there with, um, you know, playing a uh, Baltimore Ravens team that is, is, um, completely uh, depleted of players on their roster due to the fact that uh, of of C-19 protocols a couple of years back and the Steelers barely edging it out there as well. And so regardless of, you know, records and, and players, those things go out the window when it's Ravens week and those things go out the window when it's Pittsburgh Steelers versus Baltimore Ravens. And I don't see that changing this week. I see this is going to be a hard, a hard-nosed football game. It's going to be tough, even though, even though Lamar Jackson is not playing for the Baltimore Ravens, 
you know, does it make, does it give the Pittsburgh Steelers an advantage? Yes. Yeah, sure does. However, you can only play the persons or the teams that are in front of you. And up to this point, I mean, you know, their backup quarterback, uh, Tyler Huntley, I think that most would take him at 100% over whatever percentage you would get from Lamar this week because it's going to be low. You know, he's dealing with that uh, knee injury that typically would sideline a player, you know, two to three weeks. And so it's anticipated that's going to be the case. Now, when it comes to this offense, I think there's been, you know, when we're looking at the state of the offense here. I think the most improvement so far is Najee Harris. I mean, he is he is taking on a load. He's he's um, stepped up for uh, Jalen Warren, who had to take out, uh, you know, was limited and didn't um, play much because of his hamstring. And and Najee came in. Benny Snell played well as well. But, you know, Najee Harris is running physically. He's pounding the football. You know, I think it's like, you know, maybe perhaps <laughs> Najee went out to Jamaica on his uh, uh, on that uh, on his bye week with with uh, with Stella there. And he got his groove back because Najee looks different and it's looking good. And I think that maybe perhaps nutrition is a is a key factor here. You know, you, you're looking at a guy who was injured early in training camp with a Liz Frank spring. And, you know, during that portion was during the development portion of, uh, of training camp, as Mike Tomlin uh, indicated, it was a very important time. You know, he, he had to not just get back on track with the playbook and, and everything else like that, but he also had to get back in chemistry with the line that had a lot of new pieces. And so I'm, I think we're seeing a, a couple of two, you know, two things here. We're seeing the offensive line gelling together. We're seeing the running back getting healthier and the running back understanding and learning what the offensive line is doing and where those um, cutbacks and where the strengths and weaknesses of the offensive line. And so he's going to find those holes, you know, a lot more you know, quicker, faster, however you want to say it. And it's really improving his game. And I think we're seeing that. And the other thing that I think we're seeing is the fact that Najee is is just playing more physical. You know, he's not trying to dance around or shake or bake anybody. He's going forward and he's and he's he's being physical and he's using his size and his strength to his advantage. Now, I think that Pat Fryermuth, he's taking another step. He had a long pass or catch and reception and run after um, against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think he's becoming a target for Kenny Pickett, and he reminds me a lot of Heath Miller. And what Heath Miller was able to to bring uh, to Ben Roethlisberger, especially early on in his career. Um, now, the receiving group, <clears throat> there's a little bit of, little bit of concern there. You have... You have Deontay Johnson, who he had a uh, drop fumble, or whatever you want to call it. It looked very fumbleistic, if that's a word. <laughs> you know, in real, in real live, in real TV, in, in real time. I'm sorry. And you know, if if that call, and I know everybody knows which one I'm talking about. 
if that call isn't overturned due to uh, replay, I don't think anybody's really arguing that that call should have been. You know, the eye test says that Deontay Johnson caught it and fumbled it. Fortunately, it was a drop, and that's what it went down as. Unfortunately, he had another drop in a key situation on third down and in a position where he would have, in my opinion, gotten the first down. If not, perhaps maybe get a puts up six on the board there. Doesn't do it. Drops the ball in his hands. And, you know, another drive killer. On the opposite end of it is George Pickens yelling and cursing and, and, and throwing a little bit of a tantrum because he's not getting the ball. My initial thoughts on that was, you know, I really didn't like it. And I still don't. I don't like anybody acting out in, in, in such a manner. You know, I look at this organization and think of um, the highest of class. And that's not a classy thing to do. And, you know, it's def- it definitely doesn't read or speak team first. It speaks me first. And so based on that and that alone, I, I didn't like it. Now, Mike Tomlin came out in his press conference somewhat kind of defended George Pickens to a certain extent saying, you know, he'd rather have somebody that he has to say, whoa, than sick him to. And, and I get that and I understand that, especially in today's NFL, you know, in today's NFL, NFL, you have uh, perhaps you have some of the passion missing. You have guys with extra, uh, extraordinary talents and skill who maybe don't have, you know, all the heart that you would want in a, in, in a football player, you know, a good example. And I, I hate to put anybody down or anything like that, but a good example would be maybe a uh, chase Claypool. And so you're going to want to find somebody who has talents, skill and heart and passion, and that does breathe through Pickens in those situations. Now, in my opinion, Deontay Johnson may have gotten the ball a little bit more this past game because of a couple of things. You know, you probably have the coverage dictating that to a certain extent. You also have Deontay Johnson, who was, um, I believe it was reported that he wasn't too happy with the amount of touches he was getting. And so, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, so to speak. And so I would anticipate in this upcoming game that George Pickens will be hit early and often. And that's not a bad thing. It really isn't. You know, I was thinking about this game and um, even everything I had mentioned before with the fact that these games usually end up in, uh, in three-point win or loss that this game might be a game where the Steelers could potentially pull away from the Baltimore Ravens. And and if the reason being is purposely trying to get Pickens the ball, you know, against, against the Colts, Pickens had, you know, a drop or two that hit him in the hands and he had like a weird positioning. And then against the Bengals, he had another drop deep down the field late in the game. So, in this game against the Falcons, he, he was targeted twice, caught one. 
you know, it's it's uh, the trajectory is is downward. He's going to be out there and wanting to perform. And so I anticipate Pickens in doing that. And if the Steelers are going to give him the ball, and I think I think they are, and they're going to highlight him. I think that when you give a guy like Pickens an opportunity to make a play, that three out of four times he's going to make that play. It's not a 50-50 ball. It's more like a 75-25 ball. And so I think that the Steelers are going to see a, a potentially wreak some benefits from that. I'm looking forward to that. Now, I can't, you know, go on and start talking about, you know, the second half of this show or or talk about the um, the defense or leave talking about the offense without talking about Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett did, a, uh, did another great job. He did another good job, in my opinion. You know, he's making steps forward. Um, one of the best throws that I personally liked from him was on the first drive. Um, and it was a third down that he went through his progression, was looking right, then turned all the way left and hit Pat Fryermuth for a, for a conversion of third down. One of the worst throws he had was on the same drive, I believe, where he uh, one-skipped it to Pat Fryermuth on a third down. He also later overthrew Pat by a little bit. Now, the overthrows by a little bit are just slightly in front of him. I'm not too concerned about those. Those are chemistry and and timing things. This is still a rookie quarterback um, that was thrown in midseason or just after the first quarter of the season that is still building that chemistry with his team. And so I think that those throws are going to be there. But the one skipper and the low throws, those are a little bit concerning. But overall, you know, he's where you want him to be at. You know, you don't want him throwing 30, 35 plus times a game. He threw 28 times. You know, he still had no interceptions, so he's protecting the football. Zero sacks in this game. I like what I'm seeing. You know, you can't expect. Um, you know, like Mike Tomlin referred it before, and he was talking about the hole that the Steelers put themselves in, referencing um, referencing you know the, the the record where the Steelers didn't put themselves in that hole in one game; they weren't going to take themselves out. The same thing goes for their performance. You know, they were pretty poor before; they're not going to go from pretty poor to amazing in one game. That expectation is not it's not realistic. And so what is 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 little steps, little bumps, and that's what we're seeing right now. Don't go away anywhere. Don't go <laughs> don't go anywhere, guys. I'll be right back. We're gonna have a couple of words from our sponsors. So uh, go Steelers. See you see you on the other side. Hey, look, you made it to the other side. Welcome back to 
state of the Steelers, where we're going to talk about the state of the defense. And we're talking about, you know, the title of the show is you're saying there's a chance. And I think this defense gives this Pittsburgh Steelers the best chance there is when it comes to potentially making some sort of push. Right now, the state of the offense, in my opinion, is that they're moving up in the right direction, moving up in the right directory. The defense. Health is key, man. That's the state of the defense. Health is key. They need to stay healthy. And we'll get into that. But before we do, I want to remind everybody to go check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop, non-stop shop for everything Pittsburgh Steelers news and coverage. So much information, articles, the whole nine yards. Can't get enough of the website. And don't forget to catch all the other audio-only podcasts. You're you're talking uh, Let's Ride talking uh stat geek and bad language Uh, i'm sure you listen to those guys if you're listening to me (laughs) but if you're uh you're just here on the audio only podcast and you're not aware on the youtube side behind the steel curtain also has a uh great uh, several shows that come out once maybe sometimes twice a day fantastic a lot of work that we're putting out there for you to get Caught up on all your Steelers news and coverage. It's fantastic. Check it out on all platforms. And so <clears throat> health is key for this defense. If this team wants to have a chance to make some sort of push, you know, this team needs to get healthy. TJ Watt is a big component of this defense. And there's a big difference between this defense week one last year, TJ Watt completely healthy. and this year, T.J. Watt out and or not healthy. You know, it was uh, reported that at the end of the Indianapolis uh, Colts game that T.J. Watt sustained a rib injury. That was very evident uh, that he's still dealing with that um, against the, the Falcons here recently. Um, he looked limited. He looked like um, he was missing some of that bend. You know, he was playing with a rib protector, so I'm sure – it was also preventing his um, the way he moves naturally. So I'm guessing there was a lot of uh, limitations there for him, and you can see that. And, and you know, he tried to make it not stop him. There were several times where he uh, dove on the ground to try to trip up a runner, going to the opposite direction, and and he landed pretty hard on his on his gut, and he had to take himself out of the game. And you know, it was to the point where Mike Tomlin in his press conference stated that T.J. Watt is is hurting. He's injured. But he is the heartbeat. He is everything to make this defense and this team operate. And we're going to need some people to step up. I'm talking Malik Reed, who was um, limited or did not actually didn't didn't participate in practice earlier this week with a back injury. On Thursday, he was a full participant. So I anticipate him being available for the game, but he's going to have to step it up. Alex Highsmith, he's done fantastic in spurts. Um, you know, I think he's having a an amazing season. He needs to he needs to step it up as well, though. You know, another big um, possible injury or nagging injury that's been kind of uh, dealing with this team defensively is uh, the knee of Miles Jack. That's a big concern for me, especially when you're going up against um, a team that likes to run the ball 
a lot and has a lot of speed on the team. I mean, yeah, I understand that uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to be participating in this game, more than likely. At this point, it doesn't seem like it. He's dealing with a knee injury uh, that has been reported would typically keep a player out for two to three weeks. Um, Harbs, it came out earlier this week and indicated that he didn't he didn't think that Lamar Jackson was going to be able to be a go for this game. So Tyler Huntley's a guy that the Steelers are going to are somewhat familiar with. They've played him before. You know, he's a guy, in my opinion, that has some some wheels. I don't think he has the arm strength or the uh, the arm talent um, that you would expect from like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson does have a pretty pretty good arm. He may not be able to make the right decisions or the throws accurately down the field, but the distance and speed the ball travels, um, it's it's not bad. It's not the best, but it's not bad. And so there is going to be a a certain level of play that's probably going to drop. Now, last week against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that runs rushes very heavily and will not get away from their game plan. uh, The Steelers were able to contain in the first half and in the second half, um, not so much. Now, in the first half, it, it seemed kind of weird. It seemed like the Atlanta Falcons were getting away from what they were doing best and were throwing the ball down the field. It was, you know, the their coach came out later and stated that they had seen some looks that they liked that would have given them an advantage in throwing the ball. And they just could not capitalize on those advantages because, let's face it, they have a quarterback that um, is a tier below or two where you want in a franchise quarterback. Mika Fitzpatrick, he, me and him, share common common surgeries here recently. He's getting healthier. He's getting back. I can't. I can only imagine how much healthier he is now versus, you know, what he was against the Bengals or even last week against the Colts. Um, and so that was evident when he played up against the Falcons and he made that last interception, which <clears throat> was a little bit of con- you know spread a little bit of controversy when it comes to the point that uh, he didn't cross the goal line. Some over unders um, weren't met or whatnot, perhaps some fantasy football player, uh, team owners or whatever you want to call them, perhaps weren't too pleased with Minka not scoring there. But Minka understands the game and he understands where they're at in that that point of the field. He runs it in. He scores a touchdown. The ball gets kicked back to uh, gets kicked back to them. He and the defense have to go out there yet again and not perhaps the 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 victory was probably no longer in question. However, the possibility of injury increases at that point for no purpose and no reason. By going down or going out of bounds before crossing the end zone, he effectively ended the game at that point, and there was no need for any um, extra plays that were unnecessary that could result in some possible injury and so for for me i thought that was a fantastic smart veteran move you also saw what happened before with the uh, browns and the jets as unlikely as lightning striking twice in a season where you're in that type of situation where um, you're beating a team by more than two scores 
I don't think they have any timeouts and less than two minutes. And and you lose the game. You know, that it, it is what it is. But as unlikely as that scenario, you know, happening again, I'm glad that Minka Fitzpatrick took the ball and went out of bounds with it. Bravo. And so when it comes to this team, you know, health is key. But just the fact that T.J. Watt is going to be on the field, you still have that T.J. Watt effect. And what that is, is you're going to have players or the opposition have to account for T.J. Watt still, even though he's a little bit injured. And so that's going to give some opportun- opportunities for Alex Highsmith, Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward, to take advantage of some favorable matchups that otherwise they would have been double teamed if not for the offense having to account for T.J. Watt. And so it's very imperative that T.J. Watt, you know, continues to 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 get healthier and get and become, you know, the player that we all know and, and love to see on the field. But speaking of injuries, <clears throat> the Steelers have activated the 21-day window for one Boswell, the Wizard of Boz. Now, as as well as as Matthew Wright has kicked in recent in recent games, I for one would look forward to seeing number nine on Sunday, kicking off and kicking field goals. You know, the, when I'm watching the games and I'm seeing Matthew Wright kick the ball, it's like um, it's like the same feeling I used to get when. <laughs> When um when I used to see Ben throw the ball to Darius Hayward Bay, you know, it was like a hold of the breath and wait for the ball to come down to see what happened, right? It's kind of the same situation. And in back-to-back weeks, Matthew Wright kissed the upright and the ball bounced in. That's some that's some good luck. And you know, that's um it's a scary play, man. It's giving me hard you know, the, in the manner in which the team plays, where you know the game's going to be close. Adding more to the more to the heart is not good. <laughs> it's like little mini heart attacks when he's kicking the field goals. Uh, but I will say he did a fantastic job against the Falcons, not just on the field goals, but also in the placement of the field uh, of the kickoffs. You know, keeping the ball away from Cordell Patterson and. And forcing when the ball was in the direction of him, you know, forcing the uh, the team to take a touchback. That way there wouldn't be a threat of a runback. You know, I thought he did a fantastic job in that instance. And so, bravo, congratulations. You probably won yourself a job somewhere in this league. You know, I just don't know if it's going to be. Well, I know it's not going to be with the Pittsburgh Steelers once Boz is back and healthy. Um, but I, I like where the Steelers' defense is going. I like the health of the team is getting back. It's, they're getting healthier. They're getting better. And sometimes when it comes to um, professional sports and when it comes to football, it's not always like the best, the most talented team that wins the Super Bowl or gets, to the, gets into the tournament. It's not always the best coach team, but sometimes it's the most healthiest. And in my opinion, the Steelers suffered a lot of, you know, um, health-related issues that were not long-term, thankfully, early on in the season that are starting to turn around. 
you know, these players are getting healthy. You know, we talked about Miles Jack's knee. He wasn't on the um, injury report. And so perhaps another weekend, that knee's not going to be an issue. We're going to need him. He's going to be uh, in there quite a bit. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if we see a little bit of Robert Spillane in this game just because of the fact that Robert is a guy that plays against the run, in my opinion, better than he does against the pass. And when you have a team that is going to be playing heavy, heavy running, you might want to put in Spillane, uh, especially if if you're going up against multiple tight ends and bigger, a bigger personnel. A small, faster guy like Devin Bush may not be the best or the what you're looking for at that position. <clears throat> and so the Steelers are five and seven. They are currently in the hunt for a playoff spot, which was something that not many of us thought was possible when the Steelers were sitting there at two and six, three and seven. <laughs> and so you know, they, they've won a couple of games. They stacked some wins. It's time to to do to, to add another one. And, hey, if the Steelers go 6-7, and seven, I think that there's a real opportunity at that point that the Steelers could be looking at a playoff spot. The other teams in the AFC have, have played some bad football across the board. You know, a lot of these teams have lost the teams they should have shouldn't have lost Kansas City to the Colts. You know, things like that. And so, in my opinion, it's not just any given Sunday, but, you know, these teams are getting closer as far as skill and talent-wise across the board. And, you know, you're seeing a more competitive football and a lot of teams losing a lot of games. And so, it is, in my opinion, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not out. There's still a lot of football left to go. There's still a chance. This defense is going to give them a chance. This offense making the right steps forward, taking those steps in the right direction, are going to give this team a chance. And like I said it earlier in the season, y'all, I said this was a 17-game or a 17-game season. It was a long season. The good thing about that, and a good thing about having our division games, majority of them being in the second half of the season, was that this was this season was going to allow our young team to find themselves and start to grow within the offense and defense, especially offensively, though, because of how young they are. And that probably by the midway point, halfway point, uh, towards the end, that the Steelers might be gelling and heading in the right direction. And because the season is so long, there may be enough time to do that where the Steelers can become relevant and maybe make a push. And I think we're starting to see that come to fruition. But first things first, the Pittsburgh Steelers need to beat the division rivals and the Baltimore Ravens jump to six and seven. Then we can start looking around because if the Pittsburgh Steelers lose this game, I don't think there's a chance anymore. But that's all I got for you guys. Please hit me up on Twitter if you have any comments, questions, or critiques of the show. You can find me at State of Steelers. You can also find me on YouTube at State of the Steelers. So with that being said, guys, I'm Daniel J. This is Behind the Steel Curtain. Yeah.